0: Welcome to We Got Balls, real, raw, masculine sex talk with Chris Inman and Scott Cohn. Chris and Scott both work with men who want to leave their unwanted sexual struggles in the past. They are willing to do whatever it takes to help men get curious about what drives their compulsive sexual behavior. With that said, here we go. Hey guys, welcome
1: back to another episode of We Got Balls. And today we are talking about some very... um, how do I want to say this Scott some just just a, it's a comforting topic like if i could take my head and lay them here for the rest of my life i think i would be happy I think that would be very very nurturing for me
0: are you talking about chests or breasts because we
1: well have- in the general area it works we're talking about breasts we're talking okay. about natural boobs today but there's something about the the nurture and care of some soft titties that just i could lay my head on them and just relax and experience a little bit of comfort it may not be for everybody i see your face may not be for everybody to go there but uh you know and and again and i'll just be very very uh blunt in saying this i don't know how how long i could just lay my head there i think i would probably have to you know start touching a little bit too because you know uh-huh. that's they're 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 very oh they're so inviting they're you so
0: mean, arousing and don't attracting don't you think you'd eventually go to using your mouth on them <laughs>
1: uh, uh, i mean that's it's a it's an, a lifelong pursuit right It's yeah. started when i was young and it's, continued to now.
0: you came out of the womb wanting to suck on those and you're probably going to want to suck on them until the last day of your life on earth
1: so. freud would be proud to know we're talking in this way today so. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what we're going to be talking about, guys. What What is the appeal of natural boobs? And again, um, you know, we can talk about fake boobs another time. We can talk about uh, the itty bitty titty committee another time. That's that's a different arousal template. But but Scott, when you uh, consider guys who are really in love with women with natural breasts, what what comes up for you? Um, where do you take that?
0: Well, I go back to the research from a billion wicked thoughts, where they looked at both straight guys and gay identified men, and asked them, "What body parts are you looking for?" You know, they yeah. looked at the search data uh, from Pornhub and other search engines on what are the body parts that people are looking for. So, you know, when we talk about um, our structure and understanding arousal, we always talk about visual cued sexual interests. Mm-hmm. And so this is where that comes from is, you know, out of the body parts that are looked for the number four top ranked term out of all searches for body parts in pornography sites is either chess for guys who are attracted to guys. They look at a main, a man's chest and for guys that are attracted to women, it's breasts. So breast is the number four, number three is, or is butts. And then number two feet and then the number one is penis for for both groups of men but breasts breasts are the thing and there's a real not just psychological but biological reason for that and that is that you know the male brain is designed to first and foremost notice visual sexual cues and those cues Mm -hmm. are related to a woman's fertility okay so and, and you can go back 5,000 years and you can find uh, depictions of females, whether they're statues or whether they're, you know, religious um, kind of totems or whatever. And you will see the same kind of figure, the figure eight, big breasts, yep. big butt to hip ratio. Yep, um, It's preferred universally by men in, in the shape of a woman throughout history throughout culture there's no distinction all guys are looking at that figure eight and it starts with the breasts and and so why is that why are you know of course we're talking about natural breasts so if you're
1: you gotta you gotta realize that that artificial boobs have only been around for 50 or 60 years i mean they've There's been enhancement that, you know, the um, the corset and the bustier, of course, have been around for a while. But when you're talking about historically, you know, fertility has been defined by this idea of uh, can a woman birth a child? That's the hips and the butt. And can a woman feed a child? That's the breasts.
0: That's right. So (laughs) what do breasts then start to symbolize for us sexually as we're developing in our sexuality? So fundamentally, you just talked about it, breasts. Um, when we're born, we come out, we have a sucking reflex. And that's how we are nurtured. That's how we receive comfort. That's how we receive care. So we're at our mother's breast, Mm -hmm. getting our food, feeling that connection with her, looking her in the eyes while she's looking at us. There's this sense of I'm being Mm -hmm. connected. And that's how attunement. attunement, Attunement. that is where the attunement really starts and the physical touch of that. And you know, it's very common for baby boys when they're nursing, um, their mother to get an erection. So it is arousing to their body in every mm-hmm. sense of the word. And it's where a child develops, not only that, that attunement, like I'm connected with you and you're connected with me, but their sense of identity comes from that. They start to realize that I'm a self and my mother's a separate self. Mm. And the, the fundamental aspect of what sucking does is that sense of being comforted, of taking in nourishment, and the connection. I think those are kind of the three factors that play there in that experience. So you can see that f- starting out life that way, that's probably never going to go away for for a guy.
1: Yeah. So let's. I think that's it's important. I mean, you know, the the connections are obvious. You know, we're looking for a. Uh, a woman to be um, fertile, obviously, and we'll talk some more about that coming up in our next episode as well. But we're also looking for the connection, the human connection. That's the the attunement, the eye contact, the physical touch. But I think what really is coming up for me, and I'd love for us to explore that, is how is it that something which was biologically functional, like, you know, natural boobs are, they work well at feeding children. How does that get sexualized? Where, where does the transition from what is good and healthy and nurturing get moved into this sexual arousal? I want, I want to see, I want to touch, I want to kiss, caress, suckle on, a, an adult woman's boobs. There's nothing, there is nothing biologically nurturing in that for me as a grown man.
0: No, but it is, it is emotionally and it is physically arousing to do it both for you right. and for the female. In fact, I just, I, I looked at some research a couple of weeks ago on uh, erogenous zones beyond genitals. And yep. interestingly enough, like 90% of women are sexually aroused by having their nipples sucked or Mm -hmm. caressed. 50% of men are Mm -hmm. because we have the same, we have the same capabilities. In fact, men, a lot of people don't know this, but men can actually produce milk under certain conditions if their hormones are off balance and things like that. But, um, but you wouldn't think that men are all that stimulated by having their nipples Mm -hmm. Caressed or sucked but they are half at least half of all men so there's something about that connection there that is is really uh sexually arousing to both sexes but i think if you think about it this may sound really creepy but your first love is your mom it's too creepy it's
1: too much man i can't do it i can't i can't go there i can't put her in that box i've never I, i mean the Even, even the uh, stepmom porn is kind of like, no, for me, that's not it. But okay. I, I understand. I know. I understand. Stay,
0: you got to stay with me on this. All right. I'm, I'm hanging in there. When you're a little boy. Okay. You're drawing pictures with crayons and yep. pieces of paper and you're drawing them from mom. And you're taking a tour and oh, you're learning man. how to connect with the female by playing little romantic games with your mom. Or, you, you know, if you're a little girl, you're doing that with your dad.
1: Yeah. She I was my it. valentine. I will say that. She she was my valentine. Okay. Every year so you see what up. I'm saying is
0: I got every every opposite sex child learns to have a loving relationship with an opposite sex spouse or partner mm. by starting and playing that out, role playing that with their mom and their dad very early in life. So right. sexual um sexuality begins to develop at around three years of age to up until 11 years of age, but in that three years to, you know, five or six years age, there's this romance that's occurring between the child and their opposite sex parent. And so how do we then begin to sexualize a woman's breasts is quite obvious. You're you're transferring that attachment relationship with your mother. Let's say if it's a healthy relationship, Mm -hmm and you feel like you're very cared for and she's very attuned to you and she doesn't reject you. You know, little kids will say, mommy, when I grow up, I want to marry you and, you know, have babies. And and a healthy mom doesn't go that you can't marry me. That's, that's not right. We don't do that. A healthy mom goes, sweetie, that's so sweet. I love you too. But daddy is my spouse and you're Mm going to grow up and you're going to find a girl that you're going to love and you can marry her so you're training your child in that back and forth in that kind of romantic play that goes on between a, a parent and child how to relate to the opposite sex so it's very easy to see then how when you go into puberty then you're going to you're going to start to be erotic a lot radically drawn to you know that connection that you had with your opposite sex parent if everything goes right if sure. if, if, every, if there's wounds if there's insecure attachment there's going to be problems in developing that. So um, there was a really fascinating book I read a couple months back by uh, Michael Bader called Male Sexuality, and he talks a lot about the male child relationship with the mom, and how when that goes off, it ends up showing up in our sexuality later on. So one of the one of the things he talks about was guys that have a particular fetish for big-breasted women, and Let's say you grow up with a very insecure, attached relationship with your mom because your mom was always anxious Mm. and always nervous. And as a little boy, you end up believing that it's your job to soothe your mom's emotions. It's my job to take care of mommy. Mm. But you never can. Mm -hmm. You never can seem to calm her down. You never can seem to soothe her when she's upset. So what are you going to do in in terms of when you you seek a sexual fantasy, you're going to try to reverse that relationship that you had with your mom that was so fraught with anxiety and a sense of powerlessness. I can't ever make my mom happy. And one of the ways you might do that
1: is... So what you're saying is, let me get this clear. So if I had a healthy relationship with my mom and I was nurtured by her, and, um, I felt cared for, I, I may or may not have an attachment to, to, to boobs as, as kind of an arousal piece. I, I, I may in repetition say, Hey, my mom was nurturing and she was a big chested woman. So I want a big chested woman that that might happen. Right.
0: That's right. you Okay. And,
1: and so, yeah. but if the, if the opposite is true, I didn't have a nurturing mother, Uh, she was anxious or she was distant or she was addicted or whatever it is that she was coping with. And I'm looking for this maternal image in my sexuality, which kind of answers the question of how does my development, my childhood development and my, my biology relate to my sexual arousal. Then maybe I'm, when I start getting into porn, I get attracted to these very uh, fertile looking, big breasted women because that symbolizes nurture for me. That symbolizes care
0: and attention, right? Not, not only nurture and care and attention, but also the fact that if she's got big breasts and your mom didn't, she symbolizes a woman that's got plenty for you. I got you, you don't, you don't have to care for her. You don't have to take care of her emotional needs. Mm. She's got enough for you to enjoy. Mm. So yeah. you have to think about it in terms of what's the symbolism behind the the, the size of the breasts, too, because yeah. it's all about reversing how I felt really disconnected from my mom in my relationship with her. Mm. Um, so that that could be one way that this shows up in a guy's arousal template where it's just, you know, I've got to have big breasts in whatever I'm attracted to. Right. Um, it's, it's being driven by that psychological dimension, you know, of of wanting, uh, the comfort and and care of a woman that he doesn't really have to do much for because he felt really smothered by that in his relationship with his own mom.
1: Mm. So, so more of a mutuality combined with plenty. Yeah. She's got plenty to give. She's, she doesn't lack anything in the
0: care department. I've got enough to give. There you go. And you know, just in general we talk about all, all guys are attracted by breasts because of the fertility symbol and you you even see this in the in the Bible in the book of Proverbs it it talks about the the dad's having a conversation with his son in Proverbs 5 and he's mm. he says son let your fountain be blessed which he's talking about his penis but and then he says let let your wife's breasts satisfy you at all times. Like mm. pointing out the breasts, and then in the song of Solomon, the male lover is talking about his wife's breasts are like these beautiful pomegranates. He wants to climb up the tree and just, <laughs> so and, and and grab onto them, right? <laughs> grab them and yeah, enjoy <laughs> yeah. the enjoy yes. the fruit. So enjoy the fruit. It's this has been going on for a long time. We didn't just invent this in the porn era. Like big breasts are seen as the symbol of enough mm-hmm. and nerd and that comfort and nurture. So. Um, And when you look at, again, the amount of pornography that's dedicated to big breasts, it far surpasses small breasts. There's not a lot of websites dedicated to small breasts, although there are some. But by and large, the majority of it is everybody's looking for these, you know, very ample endowed women.
1: And and I think also in that there is a reality to it is, you know, and again, we're, we're not talking about fake boobs, but fake boobs are kind of in vogue or they kind of come in and out. They were really in vogue in the nineties and early two thousands or a little less so now, but there's this idea that, you know, when you're, when you're touching, when you're seeing the curves and, and obviously, you know, we know this as age happens, sh- shape changes. There's uh, i I've, I've been seeing a TikTok of a woman who has, she has, you know, I kind of like the markings on the doorpost she has for, uh, you know, when, a, when a kid grows up, she has markings for her boobs with each kid
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it gets lower we and less they become. Yeah,
1: that's right. And she's, she's frowning and she's marking, you know, where hey, her nipple is, and this, and but, but that's that, that in and of itself is like, there is, there is, um, you know, when there's when there's a lot of uh, like you're talking about the overflow of enoughness, there's also the wisdom and the care of knowing that this is a woman who can be with me and who can take care of me as we age. And I know a lot of our listeners are, are not young men. If you're young, I hope you're getting a lot from this. But a lot of our listeners are, are older men and dealing with the realities of, you know, the the, the destiny of, of life and that everything passes and, you know, everything, everything loses its shape. But the, this ideal, this experience of, I want to be connected with something that will bring me that life. And I really feel like when we talk about boobs, that, that is almost like a fountain of life. That's the biblical reference there in Song of Psalms. You know, that, that tree of the fruit of your wife is, feels like life.
0: Yeah. And there's the, the other dimension to this is just kind of the, the difference between males and females in, gen, in uh, general. And there's this theory called whatever's, um, exotic becomes erotic. So Mm -hmm. we tend to be attracted to that, which is different from us, you know, in general, unless there's again, some harm that comes into our lives. And then we end up being attracted to what is like us, Mm -hmm. but, and for different reasons, we, we end up seeing what is like us as exotic because we're kind of dissociated from our own masculinity or whatever. But in general, if a man develops on a healthy track of sexuality, he's going to be attracted to a female when he starts to enter puberty. And her body is completely different. Yeah. Women's bodies are soft. Men's bodies are hard. Women's bodies are curvy. Men's bodies are angular. Mm-hmm. And, you know, m- women's bodies are smooth. Men's bodies are rough and hairy. Mm-hmm. So you have these, these, um, these differences that then create the actual arousal because I want to be, I'm, I'm aroused by something that's different than me. Mm. And so kind of the breasts become that focal point. They're the part of a woman's body that's out there on display. Even if they're not naked, you still can see that woman's got big breasts.
1: Yeah. Right. And they, and women, uh, even modest women typically tend to wear clothing that accentuates those features.
0: Right. Right. And, and so, that's a, that's kind of a core element too. And the arousal around breasts is just that, well, that's exotic. I don't, as a guy, I don't have breasts and mm. I have pecs and they're hard, but yep. man, those are soft and they feel good. And yeah, you can put your head down there. Oh, <laughs> we're
1: back to nap time. Here we yeah, are. nap. <laughs> Be comforted. Yes. But, yeah. You know. That, I mean, thinking about that, Scott, it, you know, and again, we, we cover a a range of topics and, and I think universally, uh, men who are attracted to women, um, will find this, this category very much like, isn't that natural? That's what I'm supposed to want. So where does it kind of go haywire when, when I get to a place where, Hey, I've, I've seen, you know, whether maybe I went to an art museum and I saw obviously in the, in the Renaissance days, natural breasted women were, or the sexiest. I mean, you know, full figured women were what was painted for, for centuries in classic art. And of course, statues before that in the Greco Roman era. So where does it get to where I, I, I no longer just appreciate a a natural breasted woman, a woman with natural boobs. And I start to have to have that consume that I need that to feel okay.
0: I think it's when um man that's a really good question because where does where does normal natural male arousal start to go off track Yeah I would say you know we we think in terms of unwanted sexual behavior in the categories of obsession and compulsion so what's an obsession is it's it's a repetitive thought pattern that I just can't get out of. And I feel a lot of anxiety and maybe mm. shame about that. Mm. And so I would say, you know, if, if somebody's got a real fetish around breast size, or, you know, I, I actually talked to guys that had a desire to nurse their wife's breasts while their wife was breastfeeding their child. Wow. Um, so, you know, you, you get curious about that. Well, when did that developed so the story about that is their mom abandoned them so Mm. when they were a child their mom left the family Mm. so they're reenacting that sense of you know abandonment and attachment wound by actually nursing their their own wife's breast yeah um so i think that that kind of thing is am i am i just driven by this like it's it's the thing that i have to have again we have to look at If I have to have something, if it's not just a desire, but it's, it's a driving thing that if I don't have that, I can't get aroused. Mm. Um, Then I think, look at the story, look at your story, look at your formative story. What, what is it about the things that happened in your relationship with your mother or maybe other women caregivers that, that just made you have to have that? And it could be a repetition compulsion, um, I just heard this story the other day where um, a guy was, when he was five years old, he had a babysitter who was, you know, in her early teens. And he said, oh, I'm, I'm a doctor and I want to do surgery on you. And he goes, I need you to lift up your shirt. And so she goes, oh. okay. So she lifts up her shirt to her belly and he goes, oh, I need it further up to operate on you. And he was what? just, <laughs> yeah. he was being playful. Like this is uh, yeah
1: Little groomy, this, but whatever.
0: Well this is this is a five year old doing this to a teenage babysitter.
1: Oh, okay. I, mis- I misheard you. Okay. I'm a yeah. playing doctor. Okay. It's not the reverse. So <laughs>
0: all right. the little Good boy is playing doctor with the babysitter. No. Yes. Normal okay. sexual behavior is to play doctor when you're five, yeah. six years old. So he's doing that with his uh babysitter. So she's a teenager. So she pulls her shirt up past her bra. Mm. Now it's gone from being a playful, childish thing to she's actually crossed a boundary yep. and she can't be blaming a five-year-old for making her do that. Nope, that was her choice. So, you know, and, and I said to him, what did you experience when she did that? He goes, I got an erection and I left and I went behind a chair because I felt embarrassed or ashamed. And I'm like, mm-hmm. so do you see then do you see this as an abusive experience because as a teenager, she has the ability to say to you, Hey honey, that's not what we do. I don't, I'm not pulling my shirt up. That makes me uncomfortable and we don't do that as a babysitter and and somebody I'm watching, but she didn't do that. And, but yet you got aroused by that and now you feel a lot of shame attached to your arousal. And, and so this is a guy that particularly struggles with shame a feeling of shame every time he gets aroused well this is a story we'd never engage in there sure enough early in his life arousal is attached to this sense of shame in that particular experience so so i
1: want to i want to make very clear in this story um i think it's a great illustration and an invitation for all of us i don't think that babysitter did anything wrong now she could have acted in a more healthy way by setting the boundary but she wasn't trying to seduce or abuse this boy. But when she, he asked her to do that and she obliged, it created a harmful situation. And that was abuse. She's not an abuser. She right. created an unsafe situation. And we, and our, our, our uh, sexual development guys is, is littered with this type of benign Sexual silence, which is exactly what you're talking about, Scott. That's where the shame comes in to become uh, the consumer of our souls, of our hearts. And so when we, when we are talking about this, and you may have heard that story and go, man, that sounds familiar. That's something like that happened to me. If you've never sat down and written out the stories of your relational and sexual development, then you don't know. And I don't know. I mean, I'd just be very blunt. I've got story after story after story that I wasn't really aware of how it affected me until I took the time to write it down and share it with empathetic, attuned listeners who could reflect back to me the things that I struggled to see.
0: Yeah, we have a hard time seeing those things in our own stories, but when you tell them to somebody else, they clearly go, hey, wait a second, she probably shouldn't have been doing that, like yeah. that's arousing. It's yeah. going to be arousing. And yet there's some confusion with you because you're five years old. You don't really understand what's going on with, you know, girls' breasts at that age. And so right. that's a little too mature for you. And, you know, there, there's all kinds of ways that you could get exposed to this. You could be watching a TV show with your mom and dad and there's a, a you know, it's a decent show, but it flashes abreast. Witness,
1: witness, nine years old and watch the movie Witness with my dad. First time I saw a pair of female breasts.
0: And Witness is a great movie. It's a great movie. But sticking those breasts in there does something to you at nine years old. I remember where I was. I have a mental image of where I was when I saw that. Yeah. You know what? Now you're triggering an image for me because Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid has the same type of thing where um, uh, Robert redford Mm-hmm brings the gun out yep. and has her strip for him. And yep. that was probably the first time I saw rest yep. in a movie. Yep. What Or what about Jaws? She goes yep. naked. She's flopping yep. around. You see everything while she's going swimming in the water. The opening and scene. And it's, it's the
1: forbiddenness. It's the silence around it. It happens. You see it. It's arousing, but nothing is said. No, nobody says, oh, what would wh- you feel? I mean, even some question like, what you feel when that happened? I mean, and that may be seem seem like a weird question to ask, but without the curiosity, that little boy is just left with his feelings, and he's left to feel ashamed. Yeah. And yeah. so that's the invitation, guys. Is is there's a little boy living inside of all of us who is dealing with the silence of their sexuality? What happened to you? Whether it was intentionally harmful or purposefully harmful, is still creating dramatic, emotional, relational, even spiritual effects, even to this day. And and I hate to say this, guys, but even if you do the work, it's not going to go away. It will not be as catastrophic in your behaviors. But the sadness and the feelings of being left alone and being hurt in those places, are, are they're going to remain. But we don't want you to be destructive to yourself and to the people that you love by not addressing them. So if this was your arousal template of this, the the natural boobs or if anything else is on your heart that you're like, listen, I don't know. If you say, I don't know, that is an awesome phrase. I don't know is, or is music to Scott and I's ears. We love that phrase because it's the language of curiosity. So guys, um, Keep listening to the podcast. We've got some uh, really interesting stuff coming up uh, in the next few weeks. Uh, And so we hope you'll join us and continue to invest in yourself uh, as we learn about sexual arousal on We Got Balls.
0: And you do too. Take care. Don't forget to subscribe for more episodes. You can connect with Chris at PornFreeMasculinity.com and with Scott at SuccessfulMen.com.